Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 176 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today I am so excited to share this week's conversation with you. I can't tell you how many times today's guest has cleaned the house with me. Not because we're besties and she lives nearby, but because I have loved listening to her podcast, the Breakthrough Brand Podcast, for years now. I love tuning in while I'm doing the dishes or folding laundry, doing stuff around the house. And by the way, I'm talking about Elizabeth McCravey. I've loved learning from Elizabeth through her podcast, and my website was actually built on one of the templates from her amazing template shop. So when she reached out to let me know that she was a fan of It's About Time, I was floored. Big yes, immediate yes, and here we are. So let me tell you all about Elizabeth McCravey. Elizabeth McCravey believes that smart strategy combined with plenty of personality leads to a thriving business. As a web designer, podcast host, and business mentor, she spends her days designing gorgeous strategic website templates from her home in Nashville and shares all her business strategy tips and tricks on her show, The Breakthrough Brand Podcast. She's helped more than 1,300 business owners highlight their value and show off their skills through her library of beautifully designed and easy, customizable website templates. And she's on a mission to help every entrepreneur create a strategic, personality-filled website. Elizabeth is a show-it top designer and a go-to resource for the online business community. She's also a wife, a boy mama, and a believer. When she's not teaching or designing, you can find her hanging out with her adorable toddler and high school sweetheart husband, putting her certified yoga teacher skills to work, or nose deep in the latest mystery novel. So how does she do it? How does Elizabeth stay on top of running a business, being a mom, and working with intention so she has time for the things she loves? Well, that's exactly what we're talking about in today's episode. You'll hear Elizabeth share about bad job experiences that paved the way for better ones. We'll talk about managing maternity leave and how she maintained smooth operations while being out of the office. Plus, we talk about adjusting your time management strategies as each season of your life changes. And as usual, you know you can find all the details for this episode over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 176. And finally, I want to thank you again for tuning in and being a fan. If you haven't yet, I invite you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. And if you like what you hear, I would be so grateful for your review. All right, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hi, Elizabeth, and welcome to It's About Time. I am so delighted to spend time with you today. How are you doing? 
I'm doing so well, and I'm so delighted as well. I've told you I love your podcast and love you and your business, so it is an honor being here. Right back at you, my friend. I have You have no idea how many times you've cleaned the house with me and gone on road trips with me as I've listened to your podcast, so this is just really cool to be oh, able gosh. to chat with you about all things work-life balance because um, that's one of the things that I love about your show is how you share the work side, the life side, and how it all blends together for you. Thank you. That's so meaningful. I love that. Love it. Love it. Well, I gave the official Elizabeth McCravey bio in the intro, but I want to hear from you in your own words. How do you spend your time these days? Yeah. So like you said, I'm Elizabeth. I'm a Christian. I'm a wife. I'm a mom, a business owner. I live in Nashville. And I have a year and a half year old son um, who keeps me really busy. The toddler age is like, it's always changing. I know, you know, and a lot of listeners probably have more experience with that than I do, but um, <laughs> I've, I've learned a lot in that so far. Um, I've been in business seven years this month, which feels crazy to hit that, um, like to hit that another, another year that long. And I'm primarily a website designer and I sell show it templates. Uh, in my shop, which you have one. It looks so beautiful. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah. And then I, I teach designers in my course book, that designer, and I'm a podcaster too, um, where I talk about marketing strategy, productivity things, um, a lot of behind the scenes of my own business. And then in terms of when I spend my, my days, it's, I feel like I don't have as much consistency as maybe I'd have in past seasons, but things I really love doing that I try to fit into any given week is a good long walk. Mm -hmm. um, I love walking. I'm walking, listening to podcasts like you were saying, or um, walking and just like putting my AirPods in, but just listening to nothingness. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's with my son being pushed in a stroller or pulled in the wagon, but that's like a nice solo um peaceful time for me and my love language with friendships is like going on long walks um I'm also like a huge fiction reader um that's like one of my favorite things to do just reading a good book um usually on like my iPad or just straight from my phone so like I'll read when there's like a little break between things when Colin's my son is playing independently I'm like okay I'm gonna pick up a little a little reading time um I also love TV shows really into The Last of Us right now and oh. Abbott Elementary. If you've watched, have you watched either of those? No. So my husband is starting to watch The Last of Us and I'm, I'm not a big zombie person, but I've yeah. heard that it's not that zombie. -like. No, it's really not. It's really good. It's like post-apocalyptic. So if you like that kind of stuff, it's it's a good one <laughs> it's okay. a good okay. to watch. Um, yeah. So that's some things that I really love doing. I love it, especially your love of long walks. I swear there's nothing more just like cathartic than just going on a long walk. And down here in Louisiana, it's March as we're recording this. And I know that our days of nice weather are just numbered. So I feel even more motivated now to get out. Yes. Yeah, I feel that. And I'm like, yeah, anytime it's like a decent weather, I'm like, I'm going out. Yeah, it's it's good too as someone who like, as a business owner, someone who's making like strategic decisions to have that alone away time to just like think and walk. Oh, 100%. We don't always have to be doing. And it's in the not doing that some of our best ideas come, right? Yes, so true. So you've been in business for seven years. I mean, that is congratulations because so many, so many people 
um, move on or give up or try their hand at something else, but you've really stuck with it. You know, what inspired you to start a business in the first place? Gosh. So the, the short version is that basically I was at uh, a nine to five, my first job postgraduate and was so excited to like work. Um, and then, and then like ad agency vibe was really like ready for like corporate America. That was my vibe leaving college. Mm-hmm. And I hated my first job. Um, and that, and that's the truth. And I think it was so meant to be that I hated it, but I really was just not happy there. I was dreading it, crying, going into work. It was just a bad situation. Oh. And so I, instead of kind of being like, let's just keep going, figure it out, hope it gets better, um, which I did get advice from some people. One of my mom's friends um, was like, hey, you're not supposed to like your job. Like, newsflash, it's okay to not like your job. No one likes their job. And I'm like, wait, I really want to like what I do, though. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so taking that into account, I put in my notice um, and ended up having to leave that day. So I was thinking like 30 days notice and then I ended up leaving that day. It was all like, they were kind of upset, but it was also like, okay, I think they were more like, we're not going to like waste any more time if you're not sane. Um, So that was like a huge shock going home without a job. And I was, and we really needed my money. My husband was um, working for a ministry at the time. And so Mm -hmm. finances from my work were super, super, super important. And um, yeah, basically I ended up starting my business during that time, started freelancing more heavily. I'd already been freelancing at that job, mm-hmm. doing like social media management, random design stuff. And I really just basically upped it while putting out applications everywhere, trying to find another job, a job I would like better. And no one wrote me back. And that's still like, I think it was such a God thing. Cause I don't think I was, I think I was meant to start my business because I, and I was in the headspace of if I can find another job, I'm going to take it. Like, I want to work at an ad agency. I want to do, you know, um, graphic design somewhere in house. And so I was really ready and waiting and looking, but I didn't hear back from anyone until after I'd officially started my business <laughs> and decided like, Hey, I'm just not interested in that. So, uh, and I applied a lot of places as well. So I just, I kept taking on freelance clients and scaled it up. And in reality, that was more than seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I count the date I started my business as like when I officially launched my website, I think for a lot of business owners, we think of that website launch day as like the official day. So when I think of my official day um, in March, whatever year that would have been, um, it was it was that website launch day, but I had been freelancing prior. So yeah, it kind of like happened to me in a sense, because I didn't feel ready to start a business. Um, I felt very much like I'm really young. I was only 22 at the time because I just graduated college. So it was kind of like, you know, who am I to like go out and do this on my own? Mm -hmm. Um, But it kind of my life situation led me there. And I'm so glad it did. Oh my gosh. Elizabeth, I am, so if you're listening, you could not hear my jaw just completely (laughs) dropping throughout Elizabeth's story because, oh my gosh, I know what that feels like. I applied for so many jobs when I was in this in-between period between working full-time and and taking on, um, you know, contract work here and there and nothing panned out. And I was like, okay, we're going to make this business work. We're going to do this. And then right after I made the decision to start my business, I got an email from this company for this position that I would have killed to work for um, just a few months prior. And I couldn't help but think, this is a test. This is some kind of a, and I, I politely declined and here we are. Um, so it's so amazing how 
things like that can happen. And we just get, maybe if we don't feel mentally ready for it, um, we kind of get nudged (laughs) in that direction of where we're supposed to go. So that's really cool. That, yeah, that's so cool that you have that similar story. Cause yeah, it is like, and that does, you said feels like a test. It's like, yeah, it does. It's like, wait, wait, should I really do this business thing when there's now this opportunity? Um, yeah, it's cool though how how it can work out that way. And I I really do feel so grateful that I had a first a bad first job experience cuz I I have always wanted to own a business, but I think I would have been more in the mindset of like I got to wait till I'm like 30 to mm-hmm. do that. Um whereas instead I got pushed into it earlier um by mm-hmm. just my life situation. So, wow. Wow. Okay, so you're also a mom to a little boy and you are navigating the the toddler fun. Totally feel you. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, so it's always an adventure over here too. Um, how, how, and I, I almost don't even like to use the word balance here, but like how are you navigating motherhood with business? Like what, how does that factor into your days? Yeah, I so first I want to say before I even answer any motherhood questions, I always feel like I have to say this. I know I I'm like way younger mom mode than probably a lot of listeners. I only know the experience of having one baby. Um, but one thing I will say is I had my business for you know five mm-hmm. and a half years before having a kid. And it's so different. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> completely rocked my business um, and rocked the way I manage my time, um, mm-hmm. how I think about productivity, things that used to maybe work in one season don't necessarily work anymore in this season. And I've had to learn to be a bit more um, adaptable and roll with the punches on on time and stuff. It's been so good. Like I'm so grateful mm-hmm. and I've wanted to be a mom forever, but I am like, oh my gosh, this feels harder than maybe some people said it oh, was yes. going to be. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's been like, I'm like, wait, this is harder than people talk about. I'm like, shout out to all the moms and the moms of multiples. I'm like, how do you do it? Um, I'm trying to figure it out personally. I, it seems so hard. Um, basically, like what life looks like since having a child. I, before having a baby, my business, I probably worked like 25, 30 hours a week ish. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. some weeks more like 20, some weeks when there's a launch happening, more like 40, 45 hours. And very much like I'm someone who likes to kind of be intuitive with my time, but also I like a schedule. So I used to be Mm -hmm. kind of crazy schedule girl. It's what I would have probably called myself where I like everything was blocked in the calendar of like this one doing this time. And I, I really thrived with that. And I think in another season in the future, I'll probably thrive with that again. But right now that hasn't made sense for me. Uh, mm. But I, I was able to kind of just because the whole day was mine. The house was often to myself all day because mm. my husband would work outside of the home and I worked at home and it was a lot more like free flowing. And then after having a baby, I actually took a five and a half month maternity leave where the first two and a half months of that was like truly like, Hey, I'm not working on my business. I had podcast content scheduled to go out. I had team members who were keeping things afloat and it all went really great. Like I, we had no hiccups, no emergencies. And then after that two and a half month mark, it was Black Friday, which if you're an e-commerce business, that is like a time you don't want to miss. Um, So I kind of stepped back into things after not planning Black Friday ahead of my leave. And I I did some things there and kind of dipped back out again until I hit about five and a half months. Um, and, And during that five and a half months of leave, I was posting on social media some. 
I was having only meetings with team members. I think I only had two or three meetings that whole five and a half months. So not taking things like podcast interviews and things of that nature. And really just scaled back to where it was like truly like if I did work, it was like an hour a day, the kind of thing. Uh, And that was what for me, I feel like I really wanted and needed. Like I didn't know what um, my my feelings were going to be after birth because a lot of women are like, hey, I'm ready to dive right back in. Some women need more time. I'm like, I wanted to plan for the needing more time option. And that's what I ended up feeling like I needed. We also moved houses during that time. So that was helpful being on leave during like a big, um, a big move that last January. So uh, we had five and a half months of that. And then I started back to work, um, January, like really kind of going back in, okay, I'm going to pick up more hours, um, January of 2022. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have childcare Colin's first year of life just by choice. We were like, we're going to just do childcare kind of split between my husband and I. And I think that worked well for us, but it was really hard at times too. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I was used to, as you heard me say, working more like, you know, maybe 30 hours, 25 at the least. And then it got down to like, okay, I don't have as much his, his schedule. My husband's schedule is more set in stone than mine is, which is typical of like, you know, entrepreneur versus someone who has like someone's schedule being set for them. Um, so it was hard kind of figuring that out. So we had a basically long story short, a year and about three months of that scheduling. And now Colin is in a preschool daycare program three days a week and he goes from about 8.30-ish to 3.30-ish. And so I'm working those three days. And then on the other two days, I'm either working some or um, there's one day where I'm just calling all day long um, intentionally. I love that day on Tuesdays for me right now. And then Thursdays, it's like working some and with calling some. So that's kind of how it all It's changed a lot. I mean, it feels so different. Um, a lot more scheduling involved. Wow. Yeah. So many more moving pieces. And, you know, the thing that really comes to mind for me is you were able to basically step away from your business for five and a half months. I am probably not the only person who's wondering how in the world did you set up your business so that you could step away? I think there's this huge idea that when you're an entrepreneur, when you are own a business, you don't get to take off. You don't get to take vacations. If you have a baby, you're back to work like the next week. And... If you don't constantly stay engaged with your business, then everything's going to fall apart. But clearly, that's not the only way. How did you step away for five and a half weeks? That's such a great question because I think we can look at the nine to five life and feel like no one gets a great maternity leave, no one gets great vacation leave. But then so we're like, oh, business owners, you can maybe do it that do it if you're a business owner. But then the reality is most business owners also can't take time off easily. That's right. Um, so yeah, it's really hard to do and you have to be so intentional. So at least with the maternity leave, what I would say about that is, you know, I had nine months to be like, I'm going to get my business ready for this, which is super helpful. Glad that it's not like you found out you're pregnant and there's a baby there the next day, right? Oh my oh, no. gosh. <laughs> we need those we need those nine months or whatever it whatever length it ends up It's your mind, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I I really was deliberate um starting in my second trimester of like planning mode. Uh at the time we had like a whole Google Drive system. I made a folder, Elizabeth's maternity leave. There were all documents in it numbered like one, two, three, four, and so on. And we had everything from, I can't, maybe I'll even pull it up real quick because that might help me in remembering this. Um, now I feel like I would probably do it in a different, um, I would do it in ClickUp. 
because that's where I keep everything now. I, I still use Google Drive, but I, I like the ClickUp um, way of organizing notes and stuff in there over this. Sorry, I'm like typing this. And um, side note, while Elizabeth's yeah. pulling that up, ClickUp, if you're not familiar, is a task management, project management system similar to Trello and Asana. Trello and Asana are mentioned a lot on the show. ClickUp's a newer one that a lot of people are starting to use. So if you're not familiar, that's what it is. Yes. Love that clarification. Yeah. So in my maternity leave drive folder, I had 10 different things. Um, I had important dates during maternity leave, a doc for that, where I was telling my team members like, hey, this is when we're going to like be saying we're closed for customer support. Here are dates when I'm planning to be back. Here's a date where it'll be good to chit chat and contact me, all that. I had a second one that was important contact information, which I don't think even ended up being used, but I put everyone's phone number in, which now we have that organized and click up under our teams area where we have everyone's phone number, address, um, favorite coffee, all that kind of stuff. But I put yeah. everyone's phone number, um, an email just because like, you know, some people communicate, I'm a very small team. Um, but it's like some, some of these people they might've never talked to, but could have ended up needing to talk to. So I had things like the people running our Facebook ads at the time, um, the copywriter we work with, things like that, all in there, my cell phone number. And then I made a document that was all about how to communicate with me on leave, um, which mm -hmm. felt a little like kind of interesting to type up. But I was saying like, okay, start of leave, but before baby's here, because I actually took two weeks before my due date and he didn't come till a week after. So I had three weeks where I was on <laughs> leave with no baby, which I ended up working something because I was like literally going stir crazy. What are you going to do? But, yeah. yeah, but I put in there like, here's kind of like, here's the dates where I'm going to be the most checked out. Um, so send me a Voxer message if you need anything. Um, these days, like two days a week, I'm going to check in on, you know, our project manager um, for emergencies, what to do. Um, and then things to assign to me in the inbox, all that kind of stuff. I also outlined my main two team members' responsibilities during leave, like just very mm -hmm. clearly in a document, like here's what you do, here's what you do. Um, I had another doc, guidelines for specific email circumstances. So um, yes. if we get... Yeah. So tough emails um, that are like, like just you're not sure how to respond to to it, like a customer support question, things like that. We do a lot of customer support being a template shop. Um, if someone's asking about a discount or sale on templates, angry emails, I put a whole thing of like what to do there, which we, I barely get any of those. I kind of doubt I got any on maternity leave, but <laughs> kind of like a what to do on that uh, and things of that nature. And then we had a whole message template document um, that got loaded into front, which is what we use for email software as a team. But I had a place where it's like, okay, here's what we're saying for podcast requests and things like that per me being on leave. Uh, a to-do list before leave. And then um, I had another document about collecting failed payments because actually until my maternity leave, I was the one in my business um, collecting failed payments. So managing that whole process, which as someone with a shop, like doing e-commerce with payment plans, failed payments are like a huge reality um, of business and something that can be hard to collect. So I was delegating that to a team member and then I had last one, um, messages that I wrote to specific contractors who were like not considered core team members, but like my bookkeeper um, mm -hmm. and, and people like that, where I'm like, I wanted to tell them what to expect communication wise while I'm out. So I organized it all that way. We did a lot of meetings about preparing for maternity leave. I prepped podcast content um, to continue going out. Um, 
I think I did not skipping weeks, but maybe a few times I threw in some recast. I mean, you know, from mm-hmm. the podcaster, it's like we want to be consistent, but when you're trying to take some time off, it's like a lot to get that far ahead. Um, yeah. So I think I only got about three months ahead on my podcast. And then on my leave, I recorded some more episodes, which was fun. I love podcasting. So that was like an easy thing to add in. But yeah, that's kind of yeah. like the gist of it. Wow. Expect the unexpected, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Um, I, I love how thorough you were. Did you learn from anyone in particular how to set all of that up? Or did you just take time to think through um, what you needed and and make it happen? Yeah, I don't I – w- I actually have been like I wish there had been a course on that or like a little yeah. ebook I could have bought or something. But no, I just kind of figured it out of like – what makes sense for my business and and my team. And I'm not a service-based business anymore. I do e-commerce. So it's like that really, you know, makes a difference even in what's happening here. Cause there wasn't like a, we got to stop this client project and tell this, mm-hmm. tell this person their date's going to be changed and things like that. We do have, I have a lot of past clients. We still do things for where that was a part of it. But generally speaking, it's like, you know, keeping a shop afloat, keeping like a course business and e-commerce business afloat, which is a lot easier. And I feel like my maternity leave, if anything, showed me like how much I can actually remove myself from my business and everything be fine. Um, it just mm-hmm. takes some planning and some really strong delegation. Uh, and both from the maternity leave experience and even since then, I feel like I'm constantly asking myself about things in the business. Like there's so many things as business owners, you just, you're doing it. And you're like, why am I doing this? You don't even yeah. necessarily ask. You're just like, this is just what we do, right? right. Um, and you can kind of get into that um, mindset with things. And I've been trying to ask more of like, do we actually need to do this, um, Mm -hmm. with whatever the thing is? Um, one just quick example to make it really practical. I'm sure you can, you've experienced this Anna as a podcaster, but like, you know, we make those little graphics with the little wave audio thing. Um, I don't know (laughs) if you do those too, but like, that's been a thing I did for, you know, gosh, like 190 190 episodes straight. And it's an extra step. It's an extra $10 a month software. And I found myself realizing I don't want to post these. Like, I actually don't know that it's that engaging anymore. Um, mm-hmm. It feels like work not worth doing. Video is so much like more of a thing people want to see right now. And so like, do we actually need to do this? Um, that was something that I'd already uh, like, you know, systematized as much as possible. It was delegated to someone else. But then I asked the question of like, does the someone else on my team actually need to be doing this or not? And the answer was no. So it's like, let's mm-hmm. switch it up. So I, I found myself doing a lot of that of like, what does this actually need to be done? Or am I just doing it because I've always done it or because someone else said you should do it this way. And in the asking that, like that being the first step as you evaluate, like simplifying things in your business, like first does actually need to be done. And then if the answer is yes, I like to ask next, okay, like, so this needs to be done. Can this be automated? Um, which, you know, a lot of stuff can be, but a lot of stuff can't be. Those little graphics would be something that can't be automated. Um, so then in that case, can it be systematized? Like, can we put like step-by-steps for it? Uh, is there a tool I'm missing on this that would actually make doing this a lot easier? And then the next question is like, can I delegate this to someone else? Um, and that's something huge as business owners. We can hold on to so many things. And I feel like I'm constantly learning to like, as I change processes in my business, like figuring it out, 
delegating it to someone else. And then if I'm doing it, I want to make sure it's something that like, is it something only I can do, something that really moves the needle forward in the business. And basically that's either something only I can do or something I really enjoy doing where it's like, maybe yeah. someone else could do this, but like I personally am like, Hey, I don't care. I want to do it myself. Uh, so I kind of I do a lot of that lens and that's allowed me to do things like taking a long maternity leave. Oh, that is fantastic. Thank you so much for walking us through that thought process. That's remarkable. Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Um, you know, so much of what you've said and shared is absolutely relevant to business owners, but I'm also picking up so many tidbits that are just as relevant for someone in a nine to five role who is working with a team, whether it's in corporate or for a small business, uh, no matter what type of leave that you're taking, even if it's just a two-week vacation. Now, you don't have to plan for a two-week vacation as if you, in the exact same way as you would for maternity leave, but actually articulating what those boundaries are around how you want to be communicated with, um, who people should go to for assistance while you're out, how to anticipate and be prepared for sticky situations with those email scripts that you put together, all of that is so, so useful for anyone who is in a, a role serving or working with others or working with a team. So that's phenomenal. And I really hope that as y'all are listening, your wheels are turning about how you can find opportunities to ask yourself, okay, does this need to be done? Can it be automated or systemized? Or is there someone on my team I can delegate to? I love it. 
And, you know, Emily, we've talked a lot so far about how you prepped for maternity leave because that's just, it's amazing that you were able to set your business up in a way with systems and with the team that enabled you to take that time. But tell me a little bit about the day-to-day now. Um, What are your go-to tools or processes, systems, whatever it is that help you do what you do? And you mentioned Front. I have never heard of that. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Front is what we use as a team to manage the inbox. So basically, it's like an application you pay monthly for, you pay per spot of team members in it. But you put all your inboxes in there and then you can chat with other people. You can assign emails to it. So I could like tag my customer support person and be like, hey, this person needs help with this thing. Can you help them? And she can write me back and say, hey, Elizabeth, like, what would you say to this email? This person's inquiring about this. I don't know. Say you can, y'all can both create drafts and edit them together. It, it's like we, I, I literally don't touch like gmail.com, even though mine are like technically G Suite emails. Yeah. And then you can do tagging. Um, you can save all of your um, canned emails there. So I probably have, gosh, I mean, easily over 150 canned emails for the business that are all organized by folder in front um, that we can add to any email, edit, um, and utilize. So um, as a, like, if someone listening does any kind of like a lot of emailing in your business where you have someone else who is also in the inbox beside you, it's really helpful so that you both can like talk about it on the place the email's happening. I know a lot of people who aren't using something like Front might like text message each other or Voxer or Slack message about an email, but this allows you just to keep it all in one place. This is amazing. Thank you so much. It's been a while since somebody shared a tool that I haven't heard of yet. I am going (laughs) to dive into this. So what else? Okay, so to talk about other tools that are really big for me, ClickUp would be one, like we already said. And I actually used to be on Basecamp for years, and I also really love Basecamp. So I just think for people listening, and I know you already say this, Anna, on the podcast all the time, but like finding like the tool that works for you is is what's important. But for me, Basecamp was really great working with clients. So if someone listening is like, hey, I'm also a designer or I do copywriting, bookkeeping, you want a place to put your clients with you, it's really great for that. But ClickUp seemed to be a better fit for me in terms of like having a team um, and managing all the different things. So I have ClickUp set up with so many different automations. Um, For example, anytime I make a sale, it gets put into ClickUp and with all the information about it. And then I categorize it. Um, And actually a cool thing that I really love that got implemented last year when someone buys, they get put into ClickUp. Um, one of the questions on my order forms is, where did you first hear about me? And their answer to that, you know, gets added into ClickUp. I then select from a dropdown, you know, maybe they said Google. I select Google. Maybe they listed someone like Anna as like a referral. I'll change it to, you know, industry referral. Uh, and then at the end of the month, I'm able to see like pie chart information, like where are my sales coming from? So I can see, okay, maybe January, the podcast was a big referral. Um, but December, you know, other affiliates were, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I have a lot of systems like that. That's basically allowing me to back on what we are saying of like focusing on the things that like matter most in business. Um, I really truly like care about that data because I am like, I'm not, I don't have all the time in the world to work on all the things. So I want to make sure that what I'm doing makes sense and is driving revenue, driving traffic, all of that. 
But yeah, ClickUp is just huge. Like I'm like, I'm like, where has this been all my life is how I feel sometimes with it. Even down to things like um, I do all my profit first stuff in there mm-hmm. um, where I put in like what the bank account is at the beginning of the month, what is at the end, any notes I have about the finances that month, all the P&Ls uploaded. Um, so I track things like that. I track quarterly tax payments in there. Like I'm using the spreadsheet style a lot. And then we also, you know, when there's a launch happening or I'm building a new website template, all that's being tracked page by page, the process and progress of the template um, and all the like extra bells and whistles I put on them. Um, so all that's a click on. It's helped me like not have things live in my head. Um, <laughs> I think even before I've always been good about using these kind of tools, but now I'm at a point in my business where it really is like most things are out of my head and into mm. a project manager, which has always been true. And it takes a while to get there, but that's been really helpful for me. That's phenomenal. Um, I think a lot of people can get really intimidated by the thought of automations because it can seem scary. I think personally, one of my biggest hangups is not even realizing that something could be converted to an automation. So where have you, where have you gotten ideas or inspiration or even figured out what can be automated? Yeah. So Zapier or Zapier, everyone says that so differently. I'm like, which was the I know. Right? <laughs> um, that I, one? I say Zap, Zapier. That's what I say, Zapier. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that that connects so many different tools together. So I use Thrivecart for my cart software, and that can connect with Zapier, Zapier, whatever, to ClickUp and then like put things in. You can also connect things like Dubsado to ClickUp. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of different things you can do there. Uh, and I had a lot of systems in Basecamp, and it was kind of the matter of like converting them over to click uh, up, which then allowed me to do a lot more with what we were doing. Like I have a very in-depth like podcast process where it's a task list and click up. Every time there's a new episode, I duplicate that task, change it out to that episode, that Google Drive folder, and we go through all the steps of it. Uh, and we had that same thing in Basecamp, but then moving it to click up, I feel like I got a lot, it got a lot cleaner basically. I love that. That's gotta love streamlining. Are there any other tools besides Front and ClickUp that really help you make things happen? Yeah. One thing, we were talking about this before we were recording, but my I have like a YouTube video that I'm obsessed with. And it's like, wait, what do you mean YouTube video? Um, <laughs> I'm not watching the YouTube video. It's actually, um, it's sounds. But I, it's just this one video for me. And I've shared this on my own podcast and people are like, oh, yes, I love it. Like, let me also listen to that same video. But it, the title of it, and I can give you the link, Anna, to put in the show notes, but it's Focus and Creativity, Creative Thinking, Visualization, and Problem Solving. But it's a binaural beats and isotones thing. And it's like four hours or five hours long. It goes through different um, different sounds. And it it's just, it helps me focus. And I think it could, I, I was going to say it's a placebo effect. I don't think it actually is. I think I legitimately am more focused when I'm listening to that. But whenever I am writing in my business, which I do so much of that. Um, I do a lot of content from everything of like a podcast, which starts with writing an outline to, um, I, I just recently did a webinar with, with Dubsado software company. I love, and now I've just the last week recorded a thing for a summit, um, speaking and things like that. Uh, there's a lot of times when I'm writing, writing blog posts, whatever it is, writing course content. Uh, and I play that in the background when I'm writing, just really nice and soft, usually with my um, headphones in. And I really do think it helps me get in the zone and be more creative. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling like 
you're in an afternoon slump and you're needing um, something to kind of help you just feel more creative, even if it's just maybe that helps you. You're like, you heard someone on a podcast say to help them feel creative. Maybe it'll help you as well. <laughs> um, but it's really, really, that's something that I'm like, I that's my most planned YouTube video ever that I just constantly bring. It's not my own YouTube video, but the most planned right. <laughs> on my personal life. Um, and it's, yeah, it's so helpful. So that's one thing for me. That is so, that is so funny and such a unique tool to recommend as well. I'll be sure to link it in the show notes. I remember when you talked about that on your podcast. So I listened to, I checked out binaural beats, but, and then ended up finding a brown, it's eight hours of smoothed brown noise. (laughs) And that is my like ultimate focus whenever I need it. So I'll link both of those so you can check yeah, them out. I need to check out yours. That's I don't know what brown noise is. I feel like I've heard of that, but have not actually listened to it. Oh, it is. It, it's amazing. It's a little bit deeper than white noise. And it's more similar to like the, the tone of waves rushing, but it's still like that staticky sound. It's cool. Yeah, definitely something to check out. Okay. So Elizabeth, you have told us all about just what seven years in business has looked like for you, how becoming a mom has just totally changed the way that you approach your business and how you spend your time. Um, The amazing and thorough way that you prep to take five and a half months away from your business while it's still kept on, keep it on, and how you use different tools to um, be productive during the hours that you are working. Um, I would love to know when you started your business seven years ago, when you were early on in the process, um, is there anything that you would have done differently? It's a great question. (sighs) I don't, so, okay. Off the top of my head, there's not anything where I'm like, I did that. There's a, there's a few things, but generally, I can share some of those. I just had one come to mind as I was starting to say that I don't have any, but I actually (laughs) really like the way I did things early on. Um, There's not a ton I would change because I think it, I went in the right flow. I did what made sense in, in that season, in that time. Um, Some things I feel like I really like that I did that I would encourage other people to do is, you know, I, I shared how like my job, I, I basically got, you know, quit and left immediately, which stinks. I hustled in the sense of like having side hustles during mm. that time I was starting my business, but I didn't share a minute ago, but I think it's worth sharing. So I was nannying, I was dog sitting, I was selling stuff on Facebook. I went back to teaching yoga because I'm a certified yoga teacher. So I was doing all these other things in order to like also have time and make other ways to make money while getting the business off the ground. And I think that was really effective for me because it allowed me more freedom in the business side. So I was able to be Mm -hmm. a bit more particular. Um, I was able to maybe move a little slower um, and look for good opportunities, less stressful because I was able to look at my schedule and be like, hey, I had a family, for example, where I took the kids to school every morning, got to their house at 5.15 a.m., and then it was done with their family by like 8 a.m. every day. And I knew I had that income five days a week mm-hmm. that I'm going to be d- there that every morning doing that. And that was helpful to me. So starting a business can feel very stressful um, when you're really needing the finances of it um, and needing it to, it to happen. So I think having those other sources of income was really, really helpful for me. Uh, as far as some things I did that I am like, 
I kind of wish I would have done differently. I think I moved too quickly to trying to make money through digital products. So mm-hmm. when I was only about maybe a year and a half, like I can't even remember how long I could look at the date and figure it out. But I was not that far into my business. Um, I was doing one-on-one work. So I had been um, doing custom brand and website design. I had also, I started off doing a lot of social media management, a lot of all over the place stuff, which I also think is a great way to do it. You don't have to niche down immediately. <laughs> do a lot of different stuff, figure out what you like, figure out what you're good at. But I um, was like, okay, digital products, people do this. It sounds great. Uh, and I launched a pre-made brand shop where it was like pre-made logos. You, you know, you buy one, I customize it for you, all that kind of stuff. It's a thing in the design world that is less common now, but maybe was like hotter a few years ago. And I feel so silly looking back in a lot of ways because I just, for what even I did know about marketing at the time, it appears when I look back as if I knew nothing about marketing because I didn't, I didn't have an email list. Um, I had, I don't, I don't even think I had an Instagram account yet for my business. It was still just like my personal Instagram account where I posted on like once a month when I did something interesting. Um, I didn't really have a way to market it, but I was like, okay, I'm going to launch this thing. I spent so much time making all these pre-made brands. I even paid my sister to do the copywriting for the sales page, like all this kind of stuff. And it completely flopped to where um, I only made, the whole time I had it up, like two or three sales, all from past clients. So not even from a random person. Um, and I eventually just took it off my website and went back to like continuing to build up what I was doing of like custom branding, website design. Yeah. But I should have to say that like, First of all, I started that too soon, right? Like it flopped. I did not go back to that later. Um, but now I have a really successful multiple six-figure profits a year business through e-commerce, selling digital products, just website templates now. So just because it flopped once doesn't mean you're not going to be able to figure it out later. Because um, now yes. it, it did work for me when I did it later. It's just about the right timing um, and having your audience ready. So like for me, I didn't have an audience to even sell that to. Um, no mm-hmm. one wanted pre-made brands from me. I, it's questionable if anyone even wanted pre-made brands at all, but definitely not from me. <laughs> um, so, so it just didn't make sense. So then, you know, years later, I think I've had my template shop like four years now. But I, when I launched that, I had the demand for it. Like people had mm-hmm. been booking me consistently for one-on-one work. I was at capacity to where I'm like, I want to keep scaling my business, but I can't take on any more one-on-one clients. Um, I don't have the time. My prices were at the point where I'm like, I don't want to keep raising them. And I mm-hmm. sold the templates immediately. Like people were excited on day one. They've continued to sell for years since. And um, yeah, so that was a mistake that I do. It's tough because I'm like, part of me's like, I say I wish I would have done it differently, but I'm also like, I don't think I would have done as well when I launched my templates had I not had that experience because I learned mm-hmm. so much like what what to do and what not to do. Um, but yeah, that would have been a mistake early on. But it was an important part of the journey. And your website templates are absolutely gorgeous. And the 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 show it blueprint that you have with the videos on the inside that teach people how to customize their templates themselves. Amazing. Like what a service. What a gift. Um, So we looked back to the beginning of your business. Now let's look ahead. I'm curious as a business owner with a website, and I know that a lot of my listeners are either business owners or maybe they work for a business that has has a website, (laughs) right? Got to have a website. Uh, So let's look ahead. Tell me about what we can expect or look to in terms of like 2023 website trends? Yeah. So that's, that's such a fun question. So some things 
I feel like I've been seeing for a while now and things I expect to like continue to see in terms of just in, this actually can be any industry even um, kind of applicable. So one thing that's a trend everywhere, but is video, right? Like video is what we were even just saying of like, I maybe like do the wave graphics work anymore um, for podcasts. <laughs> it's like, no, a video clip would probably be better. Um, that's true in your website too. So people really like seeing video. And uh, to clarify what I mean by that is yes, that could be like a YouTube video you've embedded that someone clicks to play. And then they're hearing about your business in like a two minute clip. That can be great, but also auto playing video that matches what we call often B-roll, which really mm. could just be, you know, you kind of sitting at your desk, some movement. Um, maybe next time you get a photo shoot done for your brand um, and business or for your workplace, like getting someone to just even get out their iPhone, do some like horizontal videos of like that shoot happening, turn it into GIFs um, and then put it next to photos just to create more movement. So like movement mm. is really big on websites right now. Um, and letting those like autoplaying B-roll type um, content happen. Uh, I would also say a, a trend that I think, and this is this is all just coming from my brain, honestly. I don't have any like data to back this up. <laughs> but this is like what I'm seeing and what I, I, I think people are wanting. Social media has become so casual, right? Like TikTok is like people talking, just sitting in their car talking, right? Like there's a lot of stuff like that on social media. I think people still really want a professional vibe on websites. Mm. So whereas on Instagram, we could kind of be like, okay, people react better when it's an iPhone photo of me and my baby versus like a brand fancy photo um, that might be better on Instagram. On your website, people want the professional. Um, yes. So that's not even yeah. a trend. It's more of just like a wait, don't let what you're learning for Instagram and TikTok translate to your website. You still need to be showing up polished and professional. Uh, a third thing I would say is bigger, like bigger text, um, larger, larger text. Um, and I'm Ooh. trying to, in my template design, really pay attention to that of like, I, and I don't really know why that is, but I've noticed that as a trend. I've noticed that even in my own design styles, like wanting things to be bigger, but just kind of bigger, bolder text. And I think people are also really feeling movement um, within that trend of like text that maybe like some slowly scrolling text or stuff that like kind of pops in and out. You don't want to be like too crazy to where it's like <laughs> your website, but just some movement, like back on the image and video aspect of that, like things moving. So um, yeah, those are the main things I would say. And a big one, yeah, being like, don't neglect the photo side just because Instagram's casual. Yes. You know, I think so much of Instagram is meant to be sharing the behind the scenes, but there has to be a scene first if there's going to be a behind the scenes. And so like the official scene is the website and then the Instagram is the behind the scenes. I love that. That's a, that's a great way to put it. I feel like that that maybe that makes sense. So, but Elizabeth, I cannot tell you how much fun it's been to chat with you today to spend this last part of our conversation picking your brain about websites, but really just hearing the intention that you put into your business and how you spend your time and how you show up not just for your clients and your customers, but but for your family and just for your friends in a really big way. Um so I love the example that you've brought for us today. Um, how can we continue to stay in touch with you and keep learning from you? Yeah. So thank you for having me. This really was an honor. Um, I had so much fun 
chatting. Yeah. So ways to connect. Um, I'm at Elizabeth McCravey on all the social media places. I like to post on Instagram and share like behind the scenes stuff um, out there as we're talking about that. Um, I also have a podcast, so Breakthrough Brand Podcast, where if you actually I should say with that, when we were talking about maternity leave. I have a few episodes where I laid out like how I planned my maternity leave. Um, and then what it actually looked like and s- some details there. So that would be worth listening to. But I have all kinds of like um, marketing strategies, website strategies, behind the scenes of my own business, um, building like um, a digital products business, a lot of things for designers. If you're someone who works with clients, if you're someone wanting to leave the nine to five, um, all kinds of stuff there. And then my website templates are on my website at elizabethmccravey.com. Um, so that's another place to look and get a website like Anna's. <laughs> Yes, love my Elizabeth McCravey website. Um, and I'll say one of my favorite podcast episodes with yours is when you walk us through how you plan your week, what you do every week to plan your week. Great episode. So thank you again so much for your time today, for being so generous and sharing about yourself and your life and your time with us. Um, really looking forward to staying in touch and I'll talk to you soon. Yes, thank you so much. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed listening in on this conversation with Elizabeth as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. Elizabeth was so warm and friendly, and I loved how she so accurately described the way that our time management just isn't going to look the same in different seasons. You know, so often we want to find the one thing, the one way that works, and maybe it will for a while. But this conversation with Elizabeth was such a reminder that the way we manage our time will evolve over time. You can find links to the productivity tools that Elizabeth mentioned, as well as links to check out her amazing Show It template shop and her podcast. And you can head over to the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 176 to find all of that and stay in touch with Elizabeth. And before you go, let me tell you about next week's episode. Next week's episode, episode 177, is all about my favorite time management books, my top six to be exact. So be sure to tune in to get the rundown on the full list. All right. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you there. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.